to the show. My name is Harrison Miller, and I'm here with BJ. We have a exciting week three of the NFL to dive into. But before we do that, BJ, how you doing? I'm good, man. I, I'm glad to be back on the show, second week in a row. There was a um, completely random person, I think his name's Hudson Clark, said um, that he really liked my insight uh, on the review of Little Teasers. So uh, I'm glad uh, somebody wanted me back. Yeah, me too, man. Me too. Uh, you, uh, you've been taking some victory laps after Jalen Hurts' performance last night. I mean, hey, if you go listen to the last one, I said it. I said it before the breakout. They're letting them air the ball out. So, um, you know, he's a dog. He is him, um, as some would say, as I would say. So, um, yeah, I'm excited about yeah. it. Yeah, he, he definitely looked special last night. I, I, I didn't take my own advice. I played Kirk Cousins and some DFS cash lineups last night. And gosh, dude, he let me down so bad, man. I, I thought this was a year. I thought Kevin O'Connell would be the one to break the spell, but Kirk is trash. Well, it's a mental note. I, I think, personally, that Kirk Cousins is a plenty fine and full quarterback, but he's just terrible on prime time. He's so bad. It's like, he is, man. Their offense looks so bad, too. Yeah, I agree. With with, with Jalen having his breakout finally, and I know you predicted him to be MVP, but who who do you, who's your top four right now? Top four in the MVP race. In the MVP race. Hey, I'll give you mine. I'll give you mine. Right. So J- Jalen has inched his way in there. I'm leaving Justin Herbert in there. I know he had the injury and subpar performance against the Chiefs, but all in all, it still wasn't that bad. And I have to put Tua in there now, right? I mean, Maybe he leads he'll... the NFL in passing yards, and until he has a bad performance, I- I'm going to have to leave him in there. And then Josh Allen. It's, it was between Josh Allen and Lamar, but the way Josh Allen has been beating down on teams, I have to say he's in the race as my top four at least. I um, I like that top four, but I would replace Tua with Lamar. I just think – Tua hasn't ever done it until this year. And this year it's been, what, two games? And, I mean, like now, like, everyone can see that F it, Tyreek's down there somewhere. Like, Tyreek and Waddle are – oh, man. Would have both 11 catches, 190 yards, and two touchdowns each. Like, you know, he has the weapons to do it. Um, and he's accurate enough to do it. But I'm going to see a couple more games. If they keep doing it, then, then yeah. Put him up there. Like, I like yeah, I guess I guess more of what I meant is like if, if the season ended today, then I have to give it to you because he leads the league in yards, and I don't. The Dolphins lead the league in pass rate over expectation. They're letting him sling the ball, so I don't anticipate that he's going to slow it down anytime soon. So um, I have to put him there. And you know, obviously, I, I like Lamar. I think he's a top two quarterback in the league. I'm kind of biased towards him. Uh, I know that's a little bit of a hot take, but I think yeah. Lamar is goaded for sure. So, no, I saw um, I saw a stat today. Now, don't quote me on this because I might have it wrong, but I think it said the three leaders in passing yards on the season are Tua, Carson Wentz, and Joe Flacco. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> that's so funny. What what an astute top three, man. Oh, hey, is Flacco just... gonna keep it when Zach Wilson comes back? Nah, I don't think so. I mean, he's just bound to play like Joe Flacco usually plays. And, you know, if they're going to lose, at least let them lose in excitement with Zach Wilson just 
tossing the rock. So um, I don't know. Uh, I would be surprised if they did, but uh, maybe. I don't know. Could be wrong. The biggest here. surprise for me is Carson Wentz, man. That makes no sense. Um, but, you know, he's got some some speedy boys to throw the ball to, so, and they're always behind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, with all that being said, let's dive right into the games for this next week. The most exciting game on the slate, Bills. They're minus five and a half, and they're at the Dolphins. And now we just saw how well the Dolphins played. Actually, I don't even want to say how well the Dolphins played because, you know, they were down multiple scores before having to rally and come back against Baltimore, who, you know, it won't be talked about much, but Baltimore's defense is absolutely depleted. They yeah. lost Kyle Fuller to an ACL. Marcus Peters just came back. Marlon Humphrey also just came back from injury. And their defensive line is not what it used to be. So I don't want to give the Dolphins too much credit. Now, it is extremely impressive that they came back from the deficit they came back with and the amount of time that they had. But, you know, you know, don't let it be lost in translation that the Ravens defense is not that good right now. And so um, I'm curious what you think about the the Bills at Miami and as a five-and-a-half favorite. What do you think? Well, first let me say that game was so exciting. The Ravens completely dominated, like, through half, through three quarters, honestly. Um, and then it's just a complete 360 on that one. So, I mean, that was such a fun game to watch. Um I didn't really think about it the way you were talking about the Ravens about their defense, but um, yeah, it's, it didn't look too good. Um, but for this game, it was it Bills Dolphins? So the line right now is on most books, the Dolphins are plus five and a half at home, and they're divisional teams, right? Yep, they are. Yep. So based off that, I love divisional. Home dogs. I do. I love it. I think the Bills are better than the Dolphins. But mm-hmm. this is where it's just football becomes football, and it's super exciting. Um, I can't tell you what's about to happen in this game. I would think that the Bills' defense would be able to stop the Dolphins. Dude, um, they're monsters. But the, the thing is, is like, can, can they keep up? Do they have the speed to keep up with both Burners and Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle? Uh, I don't know. I can't say for sure. The, But I do know the Bills' defensive box, you know, their defensive line and linebackers are elite. And, you know, and Trey Edmonds – or Tremaine Edmonds is the linebacker for the Bills. He's awesome, and I, I love watching him play. He's a ball hawk, so I don't think the Dolphins will be able to run the ball by any means. But the thing is, is like, the Dolphins don't run the ball anyway. Like I said, they have the highest pass rate over expectation in the entire league. They throw the ball nearly 70% of the time. And so uh, if I was them, I'd do that too because you pretty much have a running game in those horizontal you know, bubble screens or uh, tunnel screens, RPOs that you run with Tyreek and Jalen. That's pretty much your running game. So mm-hmm. I, it's kind of an like, interesting matchup because Bill's D is – you know, we saw what they did to the Titans. Titans are one-dimensional. They can only run. Well, that didn't fare well for the Titans. They got their ass beat. And so uh, it's an interesting mismatch with the the wide receivers that the Dolphins have with the Bills' defense in which the cornerbacks, you know, they're good, but are they the best um, attribute of that Bills' defense? I don't think so. So 
that's a game I'm kind of uh, staying away from personally. I may kind of circle back to it uh, later on in the week, but I still have a lot to look into with that game because I know the Bills are kind of beating down everybody that they face, but it is an interesting outlier matchup with the Dolphins receivers and the Bills secondary. You can easily see a game where the Bills come out, play great defense. The Dolphins might try to run it a little bit here and there. Um, and the Bills get up by like two scores, you know, 17 points or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, and then after that, they may never run the ball again. And Tua might throw it 60 times. That is going to be such an exciting game. I'm not like ever very confident about stuff because, you know, I can't predict the future. But yeah, um, there's no way this game isn't a shootout. There's no way. Because the Bills are going to be able to do whatever they want. They pass the ball a lot already, and they're so good at it. Oh, my gosh. Right, yeah. They just obliterated the Titans. Um, But there's just – I mean, I could see Josh Allen throwing it 40 times, Tua throwing it 50 times. That's going to be an exciting one to watch. Um, I can't tell you who's going to win the game, like anything like that. I really have no idea. All Because, I mean, the Dolphins you've seen can do it. They can come back when they're down. I mean, they've got the two burners right there. So I just know it's going to be an exciting game to watch. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. And that that there's a lot of gray area with that. And some interesting uh, information I pulled. So to start, 70% of the, the public money is on Bill's tickets. Uh, it opened up as three and a half, and it's now five and a half, like we said. Dolphins are nine and two against the spread in the past 11 games. But Bills are 7-1-1 one, and one against the spread in their last nine divisional games. So we're at a complete crossroads right now with you know history. Uh, public money obviously loves Bills. And again, I think it's an outlier mismatch between the Bills secondary and Dolphins receivers. And we're going to see if the Dolphins can find those holes. But... A uh, fun one for sure. I, I'm, I'm putting a pin in it. I want to come back to that game because I would love to make it official pick of sorts for that. But uh, just not really sure where to lay right now. But uh, I hope that information bodes well for anybody listening. The next one I had Packers at the Bucks, and Bucks are favored minus two and a half right now. Um, this is a weird game because we saw how stinky the Bucks were, uh, wow. even though they beat the Saints at home. Um, they're depleted at wide receiver. Julio's gone, or not gone, but he's injured. Uh, Mike Evans is suspended. Godwin's still out. They just signed Cole Beasley, and Russell Gage is going to be wide receiver one aside of Scotty Miller. And oh, man, I, I, it's just hard to see this offense like coming out and uh, doing anything crazy. Uh, now I will say we could see Lombardi Lenny. And he could shoulder that offense and kind of carry that team. Uh, he's done it before, but it's just – it's kind of a gross wide receiver corpse that they're uh, kind of trotting out there. But, you know, Brady's running it, and I, I, he can do just about anything uh, that he wants to with anybody. We've seen that with the Patriots. But the Packers, man, they looked good against Chicago in the first half, but they kind of came out, um, didn't do anything crazy in the second half against Chicago. And I still am not – super high on this Packers team. Um, They do have a good defensive unit, but obviously it's sharper at Lambeau Field than it would be 
you know, say at uh, Tampa Bay. So uh, I'm curious what your thoughts on this game are. <clears throat> well, first of all, I want to see if you noticed something. Did you notice that even though it was basically a run play, Aaron Rodgers was padding his stats by doing the little just like toss to Aaron Jones coming mm-hmm. across? I thought that was so funny because he's got nobody to throw the ball to. But yeah. Aaron Jones' usage is elite because they lined him up everywhere, wide slot, backfield, probably offensive lineman at some point. Um, they literally put him everywhere and anywhere on that field. Um, and they've just got to be creative with him. That's what they did. Um, so I expect yeah. something like that to happen again. Um, as far as the Bucks go, I did not know that they signed Cole Beasley. Yeah, um, they signed him today. That's kind of huge because that is the Brady archetype of slot, small, white guy with good hands, wide receiver. So I'd look for him to have a good game because there's really nobody to throw the ball to. It's just right. him. Like yeah. Scotty Miller, maybe a couple. Um, Russell Gage is interesting um, because you thought – or people would think that he would have been the guy there until Godwin got back. Um, but like you said, the Packers defense is very good. So um, I just don't know. Lenny's doing his thing. Um, he's carrying his workload. Um, I just don't know how the Bucks are going to be able to create any offense here. I know it's Brady. It's just I don't – I don't really see a lot of that. But at the same time, the Packers haven't looked great either. So – um, this could be more of a lower scoring affair. Um, right. But I Dude, I, I, the one thing I will say here is I think the Buccaneers defense is also elite. And I think with the likes of Devin White uh, kind of leading the helm at linebacker um, and a stout defensive line, it's, it's kind of hard to want to bet against that. And we saw how bad the Bucks beat the, uh, the Packers last year. And and so, I I really want to lay Bucks minus two and a half right here at home. The only thing stopping me is, like you said, the wide receivers. But I don't want to be sitting here next week saying, "Dang, I should have just trusted Tom Brady." I'll be at whoever was that receiver, you know? Yeah, I understand. And I, I think the defense can carry him. Um, all Brady needs to do is kind of manage the game, which obviously he's perfected to a T. So, um, I really like Bucks minus two and a half. I really do, and I would be slamming this if they even had one of the the main wide receivers that they had. And so, um, I think I may, I may take Bucks minus two and a half. I, I might lay an official pick there. Um, I'm going to tweet it out later tonight after I look into a little bit more. Uh, but yeah, that Bucks is looking really robust right now. Yeah, I think uh, you know we talk a lot about recency bias, um, and you know the Packers came out the first week, played horrible, mm-hmm. played the Vikings, right? Mm-hmm. And the Eagles just trampled all over the Vikings. Um, now the Vikings have a pretty good defense, but um, they played horrible that first game, and then they come out and an emotional. Bears-Packers divisional game, and Aaron Rodgers is the mayor of Chicago, um, and they played great. Now they go to Tampa away against the greatest quarterback of all time. So I mm-hmm. think people could be riding kind of high on what the Packers just did, um, but I would more than likely stay the course what you were saying and 
just trust that Brady can get it done with that good defense. Yeah. You know, only 38% of the public tickets are on uh, Bucks, But the Bucks are 11-3 and three in the past 14 games against the spread at home. Mm-hmm. So, the, like, home field advantage for them is – is big time, even though they're not known as for having a wild home uh, fan base. But uh, the more I think about it, man, the more and more I like minus two and a half for the Bucks, And I think I may take it here on the show and put it on the board. Um, I'm just not buying into the Packers yet. Uh, and like I said, like there's a lot of recency bias with them. And, you know, the discrepancy with, the Bears is very, very large. I think they're not a good team, and I, I think it's a wide margin in which they're not a very good team. And so beating the Bears, I don't think, should you know, kind of be as much an explanatory variable as losing to the Vikings because we just saw how bad the Vikings got beat at home or at uh, Philly. Mm-hmm. And so – uh, it's kind of like where where do you scale the Vikings or the Packers uh, right in between that? And so, um, you know, their loss to the Vikings looks even worse. And, right. you know, Bears will play next week. And I think it'll look even worse when the Bears probably lose to the Texans. And so um, we'll talk about that again later. But I, I like Bucks minus two and a half. I'm going to lay it down. Why not put it on the board? Do it. All right. Next one, I love the Detroit Lions. America's team. Not sure if I like them here. Detroit at Minnesota Vikings. Vikings are minus six. And we just saw how piss poor they did against Philly. Um, but, you know, like you kind of said, it. You th- Kirk Cousins is a respectable QB when he wants to be. Uh, just something about the lights that, you know, he can't. He folds under pressure, and it's clear and obvious. But then you watch like a noon game uh, where he's playing, you know, the Bears or something, and he's dealing. And, you know, so this is a noon game. Uh, It's at home against Detroit. I love Detroit. However, I have to acknowledge that their defense is really bad. And it's it it would make me feel better if it was in Detroit. If this was in Detroit, uh, I I love their uh, home fan base. I, I would take. Detroit plus six any day of the week, but I'm a little more hesitant. What, what do you think? I've got a question. Is the Eagles stadium outdoors? Yes. Is the Viking stadium indoors? Domed, yep. Okay. So there was an interesting stat a long time ago that I saw talking about, like, Matt Ryan, who plays in a dome, and Drew Brees, who plays indoors. And their, like, splits being indoors and outdoors were, like, a lot different. Um, and so, you know, we talked about Kirk, um, you know, his last game was terrible, but it was prime time, which he never does. And it was outdoors. I like the Vikings here because I, I want the, I believe the Vikings are going to bounce back after that atrocious loss mm-hmm. uh, back at home. I mean, Jefferson didn't even play very well. Um, no one played well uh, for the Vikings and I'm looking for a big bounce back here. It's a noon game. Like we said last time I was on here, like those are the games you want to attack because um, it's more like to baseline um, of what they would play. Um, and I know the Lions are America's team, the new America's team, but um, I think 
that that minus six is going to put everybody on the Lions. What's the – how many tickets are on the Lions? 70% are on the Lions. Yeah, I take I take Vikings here. Yeah, and, and here, here's the thing. Here's why we do this show. I want – listeners to understand that the public will drive this number down. And so if you want to bet on the Vikings and you see that 70% of the tickets is on the lions, then you can wait till later in the week and potentially buy a lions ticket at like minus five, minus four and a half. And depending on how crazy the public gets, it's like you can catch that number later on in the week and and basically buy points for free. And so if you're a believer of the Vikings, you know, do that. And on the contrary, if you see a team, if you're for the Lions, like get in on it now because that line is going to is gonna shrink. And so um, that's kind of why we want to do this show. We, we want to point out the early, uh, what we may think is going to happen. We want people to catch those lines early uh, with a little bit of early insight on, and to make a – a educated decision on uh, a team. And so um, that's, that's one of the reasons why we do this. So uh, yeah, 70% of the money is on the lions and it opened at lions plus six and a half. It's down to plus six and you can even get the Vikings minus five and a half on some books. I know circus sports has opened up at uh, minus five and a half. So um, if you like either, which team, you know, now may be the time to get it. Yeah. If you're a, if you're ever at a, at a stalemate, always pay the public. But there's a crap ton of money. Like, like, who'd you say was there was like ninety percent of the money on? Was that last week or this week? Uh, this week, ninety-eight percent of the money was on Texas. Like it's a Texas Tech yesterday. Yeah, I mean, like they they play this Saturday, but we were looking at the public money, and he, so far the public money, ninety-eight percent of the tickets are on Texas. That's just ridiculous because Vegas always wins. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, if you're, if you're at a, if you're at a stalemate with something, if there's no other determining factor, let that be the determining factor. <laughs> yeah. But, don't be like normal people. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's very interesting to dive into those numbers and kind of see what's going on. One of, one of the things I love to do on a side note is I love going in and seeing, uh, more details about who puts what, where. Um, and you can do that with props too. Cause every now and then there'll be a random prop. It's like, uh, I saw Russell Wilson on his opening day. Um, there more money was on Russell Wilson over one and a half touchdowns than it was any of the spread tickets. And so it's like the public was all over that for some reason. And we saw that flop. So, um, love that, but yeah, yeah. It's always interesting to dive in. And also another side note, Brendan knows I'll say this all the time, but I really don't like parlays. I looked at New Jersey uh, pin pin gambling, and I looked at their uh, uh, invoices one one year, and seventeen percent of their revenue was off parlays, whereas straight bet spread tickets only two and a half percent of their revenue was off that, and so. The the margin that they win money off of people is so it's multiple like multiple more than um, with parlays than it is with spread bet tickets or even just single bet tickets and so um, 
you know, you see that, that line and see how much Vegas is just robbing people because of parlays. It's like, you know, I understand. I love like doing some same game parlays for like a very, very small, you know, if I have like $507 in my, uh, one of my books and then, you know, of course I'm going to make a like same game parlay, draw up like a 10 leg parlay and throw that extra seven bucks just to even out the line. Like, I do that all the time. It's fun, but yeah, I'm, um, a, I'm OCD. I do the same thing. I need even numbers. <laughs> yeah, but w- w- but when you like throw units down on parlays, and that's how you bet. I'm sorry, but you're just gonna lose every single time. So, um, attack the single bets. Uh, play smart. Uh, that's how you win money in the long run, and that's the goal. And so, with that being said, apologies for the side note. Getting back to it, our next game, Rams at the Cardinals. Cardinals are plus three and a half dogs. Um, we just saw them come back in a nasty game against the Raiders. Uh, they got the win, but it was gross, man. I didn't like the Cardinals just don't look good. And sadly, the Raiders don't look good either. But, um, you know, both sides of the ball, Cardinals are in shambles. I think Kingsbury is gone after this year, to be honest. What's, um, What's Arizona's pass rate over expectation? You know it? Uh, no, it, it was like right in the, the middle. See, I don't understand why. I don't understand why. Because they can't run the ball. They can't run the ball. Their line sucks. Um, you know, I mean, they have, James Connors are running back. They've got people that behind them that nobody even has heard of. Now James Connors is injured. They should throw the ball like 40 times this game if they win any shot. Yeah, I agree, and I just I think Cliff Kingsbury is a phony. I don't know. I, I think he was like a fun project for this franchise to come in, and like it was a one in a million chance that it would work. But he's got to go. He's got to go. And I love the idea of bringing a, a guy in to kind of like shape or reshape the offensive uh, structure that's going on in the league. I think there's a lot of stereotypical stuff that kind of needs to be tossed out. And we're seeing that with uh, the Dolphins firsthand. You know, Mike uh, Mike McDaniel's he's throwing the ball seventy percent of the time. Nobody's seen that ever, ever in history of the NFL. And so I love that. You know, we, we see how much uh, more success a team has when they throw the ball more than run the ball. So why not just do it all the time? So I do like the idea of kind of revolutionizing the um, the NFL and the offensive side of the NFL, but. Man, Cliff's got to go. He's he's bad, and it, that team is just very poorly coached. Uh, the roster is not that good, um, and you know, I just have a hard time seeing the Cardinals winning this game. Uh, you know, and three and a half is a gross spread, obviously, because that's a you know the field goal uh, discrepancy there, but. Rams also looked bad week one, uh, and they almost gave up a lead to the Falcons, and uh, I was sweating that game. For those of you who don't know, I'm a Falcons fan, and I thought that game was going to be the game where we reverse the jinx that we blow leads, man. But It will never be reversed. Never. I'm just stuck, man. It's okay. I'm stuck. I pray for you. Um, so, <laughs> first of all, on this game – the Rams' defense is going to just overpower the Cardinals. I don't know. I can't tell you what the Rams' offense is going to do, but I wouldn't be surprised if Arizona didn't score more than 17 points, 13 points. Um, yeah. I mean, 
the Rams defense is still elite. You know, they got bushwhacked by the Bills week one, but the Bills are great. Um, I don't see I don't see Arizona putting up any points in this game really. Um, and you know, I they're a home division dog, but I don't plus three or minus three for the Rams is easy for them um, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, the, the problem is, is it, it, it's minus three and a half right now in most books. Oh yeah, I see now that. It, it, if you go to other books, you know there are a few books that have it uh, better. Um, I know the score and points bet. I think are offering it still at minus three, but it won't last. I don't think. Um, but the the public money, it's fifty four percent on Arizona tickets, so I can see them driving that back. Uh, to plus three, and me personally, if that jumps back to plus three, I'm taking Rams minus three. Um, I, like I I really like uh, the idea of the Rams, you know, <laughs> winning by a field goal, uh, if not more. But obviously, we saw the Cardinals; they gave they came back from a, a larger lead against the Raiders. But <clears throat> I just I'm not bought in with this Cardinals team, man. They're they're dust and the only bright spot on their defense is byron murphy he did really well against Devonte adams and you know he he was not supposed to be really that good uh, coming into the season he had a lot of negative clout against him um but he did really well so i can see him you know taking over like alan robinson and chat like because the fact of the matter is nobody's going to shade Cooper Cup out. Uh, Sean McVay just draws up too many he, – he schemes too well uh, and gets Cooper Cup open. So, um, But we can see him kind of phase out maybe Allen Robinson or something. So, But, yeah, I really like the Rams here. I would just – if I was on the Rams side, I'm going to wait and see if that number gets driven down to uh, minus three or minus two and a half. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, minus three and a half is a hard one to take because rarely teams win by four. Um, but I mean, I know what you're saying. I just, I just don't, I just don't see the Cardinals pulling this one off. Um, you know, Cleve King, uh, Cliff Kingsbury um, does the thing where he wears a uh, short dress pants with no socks, which I think is like a cardinal sin. Um, <laughs> So, I mean, if he's going to dress like that, then there's no way that he's the guy. So, dude, all he's doing right now is sleeping around. I, I, I feel like I feel like I see pictures of him with these two chicks that look like they're barely even out of high school every weekend, and he's not even winning. And so, I, I guess he won this weekend, but geez, like, hey, he, he's getting paid. <laughs> he is getting paid. He's getting paid the big bucks too. So. And good for him, I guess. I, I, once he gets fired from the Cardinals, he's just going to go right back down to college, probably yeah. do well there, which I think, you know, he could do well in a college football setting. But what he's doing is he's he's gone after – I would be surprised if he makes it past next year. Um, but yeah. my, my, my pick is he's gone after this year. All right. Now, I know this is one you've been looking forward to. Texans plus three at Chicago. Tell me tell me what you think. What's What you got? Look, the Texans might not be America's team, but they're my team. And 
for no reason whatsoever. I think it's just the way Davis Mills looks. Um, <laughs> but if anyone has been following, the Texans are 2-0 against the spread this year. Um, they were both – was, it was minus – 10 this last game, um, and then against the Colts, I don't know what it was, but they ended up tying them. They almost actually won the game. Um, and they are playing a Chicago Bears team who stink. And, you know, we talked about earlier about how the, the Packers beat up on them, and the, we don't even know what the Packers are this year. Um, the Bears just – their defense isn't as good as it always is. Um, field sucks. Um and the what is it? What is it? Three right now. Mm-hmm. Give me the Texans plus three, man. Give it to me. You like it? You like it? The Texans deep defense isn't even that bad, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, that, dude, they did a great job containing Russell Wilson at Denver. Uh, that was a home game for Denver, but yeah. I, the only thing with that is like, how much can I credit Denver just sucking versus? the Texans being good. And I think there's like uh, somewhere in the middle where both of those hold true and some sort of fashion, but yeah, I, I'm a believer in the Texans and I really like their team. Uh, believe it or not. I think they're, I think they're underrated for what everybody's giving them credit for. Absolutely. But I feel like the public is also starting to pick up on that. Um, and so, because it, a lot of the public, the majority bets were on Texans tickets to cover plus 10 against Denver last week. And so I feel like yeah. they're not like a secret anymore per se, okay. but yeah, I mean, dude, the bears are so bad. I don't like, I think they're, their roster is the worst roster in the NFL. <laughs> and I don't say that lightly, but it's it's ugly, man, and they, they, they have the lowest pass rate over expectation, so this game's not going to be like a blowout on either which way because Texans, have they're in the bottom third of the league and pace. Uh, Chicago, same, and you know they don't pass the ball. All they do is run. I think uh, in a game where they were losing last week against the Packers, Justin Fields only threw the ball 20 times, and that's unheard of. Like, People like Josh Allen will have 40 completions in a game. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I just – this game's going to be close. And so I think either which way you go, that's fine. Uh, you know, and you know what? Why not? Like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Texans have been a covering machine uh, since last year. So uh, I kind of like that pick. And, again, yeah. I don't like the Bears. No, you don't win the ball – you don't win a – uh, NFL football game running the ball. And I don't want to spend too much time on this, um, but I'm interested to hear what you have to say about all these fantasy, fantasy football managers being so bummed out that all their first-round running backs suck. And is the league changing finally? Is it going? The league so is finally changing. You said the Dolphins passed the ball. 70 times of their plays? Like, is the league actually changing now to where it's going to be more air raid and it's going to be so much fun? I think it is. I um, think so. I mean, okay, for example, Matt Rule, just a couple of weeks ago, right before the season started, he came out and said, he's like, we're going to have to work on passing the ball more. Um, actually, it was like a week and a half ago after their week one game mm-hmm. uh, because That's somebody so awesome. asked like their utilization of Christian McCaffrey, who normally touches the ball, 
30 times in a game and they asked him why that didn't happen. He's like, well, you know, we see the best teams in the league, they pass. And it's true. Like based off that simple fact, I won't even dive too much in the numbers, but based off that simple fact, why would you not try and mirror some of the best teams? You have a lot of these old head coaches who are stubborn and want to stick to what's been cemented in their mind as like a fundamental part of the game, which is true. Running the ball is a fundamental part of the, of the game, but you you run the ball well because you pass the ball well, not vice versa. There's been a long-standing thought that that people um, pass the ball better because they run the ball better, and that's not true. It's totally flip-flopped. The the passing game opens up the running game, and that's just the lay of the land right now. Especially with the way that the NFL and NCAA has constructed their rules now. Uh, you know, all of these soft rules against uh, pass interference and stuff. And like, I get it, dude, back in the seventies, eighties running the football, that's the thing to do because, uh, back then you could, you know, as a cornerback and a linebacker, you could beat the shit out of the receiver and you wouldn't get called for it. And so, uh, with, with the way that the league has evolved, passing the football is the way to do it. And especially with the RPO game that, and those bubble screens and tunnel screens, that that's the way you do it now. That's how you run the football in essence is like, uh, you that you just toss it over to whoever on any which way, and so um, it's slowly evolving into what I'm hoping will become a, a fully ingrained pass centric league. Uh, but some of those guys, man, just aren't grasping it yet, and they're going to get burnt for it. And it sucks because I do like Matt Eberflus, but uh, I, th- I thought he was going to let. Justin Fields loose a little bit, but uh, we're not seeing that. But yeah, I mean, the league is—it's headed in the right direction. We're, we're seeing yes, a lot really. of guys who, who trust the numbers, and um, you know, it, it's if you're a numbers person, go go look into the metrics of uh, win success versus uh, passing metrics, and you'll be shocked at how how just how much having a good passing offense bolsters your ability to win and so uh i'll step off my soapbox there but yeah i uh to those fantasy managers um obviously you know you can win in a multitude of ways i've always been a guy who's you know wanted i play in ppr so receivers matter more to me than running backs and so sometimes it bites me but more times it pays off than not so yeah running backs don't matter no real quick we're gonna stay on the soapbox because um, this is going to sound super simple and y'all are going to think I'm like retarded for, um, saying this. Um, but if you zoom out and you just look at a one-on-one with a wide receiver and a DB, um, two things, you catch it, you don't. Third thing, pass interference in the NFL, it's spot foul. If I have Tyreek Hill on one-on-one with a corner, I am tossing that tater 65 yards because there's a, in, in this very simple math, there is a 66% chance that something good happens. He catches it, PI, or, um, like, it's just incomplete. So, I mean, like, I if I was a football coach, I would throw the ball 90% of the time and run RPOs yeah. otherwise. Um, but, no, it's really exciting, and I'm excited for, um, hopefully, the game keeps going in this direction. Just going to yeah. be so much fun. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, it's a shame because me personally growing up, like I love defense. I played defense in high school. 
that's where I feel like I understand the game the best. And it sucks because I have such a, an appreciation for DBs and what they do day in and day out. And it's kind of ass backwards when you go in and look at some of the memorandums from the league. I went through and read some of the one before the season and one of their meetings, you know, Goodell and the board straight up said, we want more points. And so it's very clear, very obvious that they're constructing the rule book now around allowing more offensive plays to get by and defenses are just going to have to suffer because of it. It's like, you know, who can get lucky with one stop? Um, and, and it's a shame because, you know, good defense is like very, very impressive. Uh, and it's, you know, a lot more impressive to me personally than a very good offense, uh, especially nowadays. So uh, it sucks that it's going in that direction, but it's the way it is, man. And so you just got to, you got to hop on that trend while you can uh, and get ahead of it before everybody else gets ahead of you. So, but yeah. All right. Back to it. Wrapping it back to it. 49ers at Broncos. Broncos are one and a half dogs at home. Jimmy G back at the helm. How do we feel? Is that the Sunday night game? Uh, no, the Sunday night game is Dallas at New York. Okay. Um, sorry, my screen just went blank. How do I feel? How do I feel? Is Jerry Judy out? Actually, sorry. So sorry. Dallas at New York is Monday night. The uh, Broncos 49ers game is Sunday night. Okay. Um, you know, the Trey Lance injury was horrible. They're better with Jimmy G. True. Right they now they are, are at least. They just are. Um, I mean, Elijah Mitchell is still out, I believe. Um, the Broncos, man, they're just so disappointing. Like, I was so excited for Russ to be there with all the weapons, but um, Nathaniel Hackett is just not it currently. Um, but I can't pull up these spreads. What the heck? Um, yeah, Broncos are plus one and a half. Broncos are plus one and a half at home. I would take the Niners here, man. They they just they have you know they control the time possession, um, and the Broncos' offense have looked really stale. Um, you know, I wouldn't say either one's defense is a lot better than the other one. Um, I would just say that Jimmy G does the same game manager stuff he does, and they short pass and hand the ball off, and they get it done um, away at the Broncos. Yeah. 85% of the public is on 49ers tickets, and <laughs> rightfully so. I mean, I, I, I think that if you watched the Broncos game this past week, Nathaniel Hackett made made so many dumb coaching decisions, and it's still evident that he's still trying to figure out how to do this coaching thing, um, but just bad. Like, he, he it was fourth and one uh, coming out of timeout. He – they let the clock go down and then delay of game. And so it was just, they had to punt. Oh, it's so bad. And their own home field crowd is chanting uh, the, the play clock because, you know, it, they don't want another delay of game. So uh, when your home field is kind of embarrassed like that and pissed off, like it, it's pretty bad uh, what they have right now in Denver. And so I, I'm key. 
I'm keeping away from this game. And personally, I keep waiting for a breakout game from Russ because I feel like it's inevitable. Yeah. Um, but I, if we like, if we don't see it soon, I just may be full on Broncos suck. Um, I'm going to fade them every time, man. Cause you know, I also think Jimmy G revenge tour, he's on a one year contract and he's pissed off and he's got a, he's got a prove it year gifted to him with a Super Bowl roster. Like I don't want that to get lost in translation either. The 49ers still have a Super Bowl roster. It is a great roster. Um, defense is solid. Offensive weapons. Once George Kittle gets back healthy, Elijah Mitchell gets back healthy. They're studs. And so uh, I really like the 49ers here. Public money kind of scares me a little bit. Um, but Look, yeah. it's, uh, it's a primetime game. It's Sunday night, right? Sunday night primetime. Yeah, you know, I can't I can't tell you the last time I won a Sunday night. I ran up primetime <laughs> bet. So yeah, um, fade the prime times, baby. You know, I'll just get excited because it's the last game of the week, so I'll probably put something on it, but I wouldn't take it if I were you. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, you never know what's going to happen in these games. I like your narrative about Russ finally getting them one um, and then kind of breaking out after that. But um, Yeah, I mean, the only thing, like, Jerry Judy got hurt. Um, he, he's probably going to be out for a couple weeks. I, I'd be – but I mean, he's still got Cortland Sutton, Albert O, and the the pair of running backs, so he should be able to do it, man. Uh, it's just a matter of when. And I, I still am a believer uh, in Russ, and I think he's going to do it at some point. Just not necessarily sure if it's going to be against this Forty ers defense. Does that make sense? It does. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, I'm gonna pin, I'm gonna circle that one, uh, put a pin in it, and come back to it. Next one, Chiefs at Colts. Colts look garbage. Colts are six-and-a-half-point dogs. And, you know, I think the only reason it's that that close is because it's at the Colts in the, in the Dome. So, like you said, Matt Ryan plays a bit better in the Dome. But, you know, on the contrary, Patrick Mahomes did not look great against the Chargers. Um, Chargers he had six – Dude, he had six turnover-worthy plays, and he got lucky that none of them were picked off. One of them should have been picked off. Asante Samuel picked that ball off. Um, won't I won't dive too much into that, but yeah, Chargers got robbed. Uh, but yeah, I can see the Chiefs absolutely boat racing the Colts. But um, do we want to discredit the Colts that much for getting beat by Jacksonville? What What do you think? I think the Colts stink. Um, I think the Colts are terrible. Um, Jonathan Taylor has not been able to get it going um, this season so far. And this is, again, on that recency bias thing of the Chiefs not playing real well. Mahomes not playing real well. Um, But the Colts just can't put any points on the board. Um, And I think – Six points is way too generous for this Chiefs offense, um, who had a down week last week um, against this Colts team. Yeah, I, I agree, man. And the Chiefs got away with one last week, and I, I think that the way I look at it is the Chargers fought a very good Chiefs team down to the wire in Arrowhead, and where in a game where they should have won, where they got robbed, and so. 
I do think when the Chiefs and Chargers are rematch, the Chargers are going to get that one and get it pretty easily. Um, but yeah, like I, I don't want to give too much credit to the Chiefs though because that they didn't look great offensively. Uh, there's not like outside of Kelsey, there's not a go-to guy yet. But um, at the same time, on the contrary, Colts looked garbage. Uh, their defense couldn't stop. You know, Trevor Lawrence, who's not bad, but he's not great by any means right now. I think he will be great. Yeah, yeah, true. He's not Jalen Hurts. I think he will be really good uh, in the long run. But right now, I'm still not going to pin it as, like, really good. You know, don't forget Jacksonville lost week one uh, pretty badly. Um, But, yeah, I – man, that's a tough one. Look, um, the Chiefs. The Chiefs didn't play well. They didn't play good, but they are good. Yeah, People have that's true. Like they, they didn't play well, um, but they're still the same Chiefs that they always are. Um, yeah. Well, minus Tyreek Hill this year, but no, I, I think that they handled this one very comfortably. Seventy yeah. percent of the money is on the Chiefs tickets, but that's because the line opened at minus two and a half, and so I think when that what? line opened. Yeah, so I think when that line opened, oh everybody was lying Chiefs minus two and a half, and it moved four whole points. So uh, very, very telling story there. As you see, Vegas is not even sure what to make of the Colts. So uh, keep an eye on that. If it drives back down, I may be intrigued enough to yeah. lay Chiefs. Um, all right, next, Eagles at Commanders. Commanders are six and a half point dogs. I like the Eagles back in the dome. I mean, not in the dome, excuse me. Um, back in the division, what I meant to say, uh, against Carson Wentz-led offense. Now, the commander's offense is better than it has been in a while, but we just saw how well the Eagles did, uh, performed last night. We saw how badly the Lions beat the commanders. Um, Jalen Hurts is on a roll, man. Do you think they can cover that six and a half? The Carson Wentz revenge tour? No, he's still terrible. Um, <laughs> look, this honestly, this is gonna scare a little people. I don't know, like, for some reason, I'm getting this hunch that it's gonna be closer. I still think the Eagles are gonna win, um, but I think this game's gonna be a little bit closer because the the Commanders, I'm sorry, the Washington Football Team, um, the Washington Redskins, they have um, proven that they can come back from being down with some mm-hmm. light show offense. Um, so I think this one ends up being a little bit closer. I think mm, the Eagles are still going to win. They're still going to win. Their team's better. Um, Hurts might take a little step back this week. I mean, he just played phenomenal um, against the Vikings. He might take a little step back, might be a little shakier, but um, I'm not going to take any sort of spread on this one. Um I think it's going to be closer than people think yeah. like the Washington being at home. Um, but I still think the Eagles get it done. Yeah, I agree. The The thing that makes me skeptical here, so the Vikings played the Eagles uh, last night on Monday Night Football. The Vikings played cover too high the entire time, and Jalen Hurts had all the time in the world to sit back and just pick them apart uh, in a surgical manner. Um, I, the, the commanders, they, they won't play cover too high the entire time. They have a little bit, uh, better of a defensive line than the Vikings do. And 
a little bit more agile corners. Uh, the Vikings, their defense, what they what they like to do is they get these big, massive, bulky corners uh, for more of red zone purposes. But you know, in, in the red zone, the the Eagles just run, so uh, yep. that 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 worked out well. But um, we saw them get burnt on deep balls. You know, Quez Watkins had a 50-yard touchdown uh, in the first half right off the gate. Um, so, yeah, the, the Vikings played cover too high the entire time. They let Jalen Hurts just pick him apart because they were getting no pressure. Uh, they were, you know, spying him. Um, and so when he didn't run, they pretty much lost a defender in coverage uh, with that too. So, yeah, I think the commanders at home have a little bit better of a defense that will definitely blitz a lot more. Uh, we'll see if Chase Young is healthy, and I think they'll come after Jalen Hurts a little bit more than the Vikings did. Um, but again, you know, with that blitz, if if you don't get home and get sacks and get pressure on Jalen Hurts, uh, he's going to throw to AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins, who are going to be one on one manned up because you know, with obviously when you blitz, you you pretty much leave your defenders out there on an island, so. Uh, they have to get home to keep it close. So if they can do that, they will. But, man, Jalen Hurts looks good. And ah, here, here's what's crazy. The line opened up on some books as a pick even. And the public pushed it all the way to minus six and a half. And currently, because of that wide discrepancy, it's a 50-50 split of public money on these bets. So... This is a very interesting game, uh, and, and I don't know what to make of it, and I hope that recency bias doesn't uh, creep in here with the Eagles' win and the Commanders' loss because I do think the Commanders have a good enough defense to like hang in, but, man, the Eagles look so good. They look so good. So uh, I would not be – if somebody told me they wanted to lay Eagles, I'd be – Totally understanding. Might hop on with him. What do you think? Dude, I need to – what time do these lines open? Because if you, that was at a pick em and the Colts were at plus two and a half, my gosh. like I know. That's ridiculous. I know, and that's that's why – like, it's funny because one of the reasons I want to do this show so early in the week is to hop on some of these lines, but they move so quick. But the th- they, they'll still move. So I, I'm getting in that up there now. It's like they'll still move. Like – uh, there's a lot of elasticity with these lines and what Vegas throws out there. So um, just put in your brain now, uh, watch them and watch them quick. And so, uh, but yeah, uh, not really sure what to make of this game because of how much of a margin of error these point spreads have and the public money, man, it's crazy. Well, for the crowd and for me, cause I don't know, do you know when the lines drop typically for 12 o'clock games? You know, a lot of them open up early. Uh, I, you know, I see lines on FanDuel and DraftKings for next week's games too. Really? Yeah. So Vikings already have a one-point favorite over the Saints from next week. And so those lines drop early, but they're so wavering, and it's hard to pull the trigger. Uh, Now, sometimes I'll go through and be like, all right, you know, no matter the outcome of whatever happens this week, I'm taking this line. It's too nice. It's too robust. So uh, another word of advice, go in there and look uh, further into the week 
uh, make an educated guess. That's how you can also win some money. But yeah, it's uh, it's just lay of the land, man. I might start taking them right. um, like right when a game ends, so I know that no one's injured. Um, <laughs> that might be when I start looking. Yeah, that's a smart thing to do for sure. But next game. Jacksonville at the Chargers. Chargers are minus seven uh, at home. And, you know, we saw how well uh, Jacksonville did with the Colts, but uh, not really sure what to make of this because of the Justin Herbert injury. Um, They say he's going to play. Now, how much I believe that, I'm not really sure. But, dude, I love this Chargers defense at home, and I think they're monsters, and I kind of want to take this, but – uh, with the Herbert news, it's just too hard for me to pull trade. Do you think they can still win with Chase Daniels? Because I do. Uh, maybe. Um, if they get out ahead first, yes, because all Chase Daniels has to do is game manage, and I think he's yeah. perfectly fine at being able to do that. And that defense will just be able to put pressure on uh, Jacksonville the entire time. Um, this opened up as a 10-point favorite for the Chargers, and – public drove that down to minus seven uh, after seeing what Jacksonville did to the Colts. Uh, it's a 54% public money on the chargers compared to 46% with the Jags. Uh, pretty even split. Um, I'm going to wait. I'm going to hold tight until I hear about Justin Herbert and how well he's able to throw. And if he's able to throw with no pain, uh, but man, dude, I think that defense can win this game for them alone. It's just a matter of, keeping that seven point spread. Yeah. We got to keep an eye on the Herbert news, but I would have taken the Jaguars plus 10 all day. Honestly, I, I know that yeah. like that much of a difference, three points, but mm, it's different. It's different. Yeah. yeah I don't know see. This will be, a, this will be a first real test for uh, Jacksonville, Doug Peterson, uh, Trevor Lawrence and company. So, I'm excited for that game. Uh, I'm going to put a pin in that one and circle back because if everything was normal with the Chargers, then I'd take the Chargers minus seven all day, and I wouldn't even question it and think twice. But uh, I'm going to have to circle back to that one, think about it later. Um, Last one, dude. Uh, There's a few more on there, but none of them had really intriguing lines that were worth talking about. But uh, (laughs) this one, worst game on the slate. I'm going to talk about it because it's Thursday Night Football. Browns. Steelers at Cleveland. Steelers are four-and-a-half-point dogs. This is nasty in every which way. We get to watch Jacoby Brissett versus Mitch Trubisky, and I just it makes me want to throw up thinking about it. Look, the Browns are going to win this game. Um, I'm a Steelers fan. No more T.J. Watt. The offense is terrible. Najee's hurt. They got to put Kenny Pickett in this game. Like, I almost hope that the Browns are uh, beating the shit out of him so much that they have to put Pickett in this game because he is, and when they drafted him, they knew this, he is going to be the future of it. Um, but, no. <laughs> I mean, what is it? Four, uh, what is it, four and a half? I don't know if I would yep. touch that four and a half, but I don't think the Steelers are going to win this game, which sucks, but... It's so bad, man. And, yeah, I would I hate, be more inclined to take the Browns. I hate when primetime games are that. Yeah, me too, man. Gosh. 
Hey, but 76% of the public is on Steelers. Take Browns. If you, if you really, really, really want to bet on this game, take the Browns. Um, I, will, I know what I will be doing. There's one fun prop that I had in there. Chris Boswell over one and a half field goals plus one thirty. That's plus one thirty. Plus one thirty, man. I think I might go take it. I'm taking it. It's just it's it's a question of can Mitch Trubisky get uh, into Browns territory? Not even they. I don't even need him to score. And it's sad because I even have to worry about Mitch getting them into Browns territory. But hey, Chris Boswell over one and a half field goals. That's nice. Chrissy B. In a division a division game. Um, but, yeah. That wraps it up for the slate, at least the lines that we wanted to walk through. Uh, if, you know, there's obviously a few more games, but none of them were uh, of interest. You know, we have uh, Las Vegas versus Tennessee. Tennessee just got boat race. I could care less about that game because those teams could wake up and want to win and then, uh, perform or underperform. It's, you, you never know with those teams, so staying away from them. Um, but, yeah, that wraps it up for the show. Brendan, bold prediction for this week. Let me hear it. Um, Super bold. Hold on. Let me go down. Let me go down. Bold prediction. I'll give mine. I'll give mine. Let me look. My bold prediction is – Justin Jefferson has 200 yards plus in receiving. I think he bounces back with a vengeance. I don't. I, I want to pull up how many times a receiver's actually had 200 yards in a game, but I think I'm going to absolutely smash Justin Jefferson in DFS this week. Yeah, a little bounce back game. Um, this is like completely uncorrelated to anything, um, but I just I feel great. Joe Flacco. He's still starting, right? As of now, we'll see. Joe, the The jury's still out. If Joe Flacco starts this game against the Bengals. The Jets play the Bengals at home. Um, Joe Flacco has 350 passing yards. Wow, I like it. He's a uh, he's a runner up in the league right now for passing yards. So Bengals can't stink. blame you. <laughs> Bengals do stink. We'll uh, we'll talk about them later on, but. Well, that wraps it up for the show. Uh, Please follow us on Twitter. You can see some last-minute picks. You can also find the the spreadsheet to our picks, whether you want to follow along or just make fun of it, fine. Uh, But give our Twitter account a follow. Uh, We'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, Feel free to reach out either on Twitter or through email. Uh, Give us a review if you're enjoying the show. And uh, we will be back Thursday with some official picks for both college football and the NFL. Uh, BJ? Great talking to you. Thank you, Harrison. I just want to give a shout-out to my mom, Christine Jones. I told her to listen to this, so it's a shout-out. Go balls. <laughs> Go balls, baby.